I'm attorney Barry Boykin. I'm attorney Andrea Rice. I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. Welcome to episode 29, part two of Dynamite Divorce and Other Matters. So we're continuing our discussion about how to move on after a divorce or custody case. Before we go further, this podcast is no substitute for the specific legal advice you will get by consulting one-on-one with a licensed attorney in your state or country. We hope that before taking any action that might change your life or your financial situation, and before making decisions that might significantly affect your children and the people around you, you do find and meet with a licensed attorney. Now, now on, with, on the show. with the show. I made some notes. It makes me think of some of the notes I made for this pod. One thing you're mentioning about you know being steady, and I had this note And one is keep a steady demeanor with your children. Be the captain of the ship. And Mm -hmm. parents sometimes think, well, I'm with my kids. I mean, they have to see the real me. It's like, what? What What kind (laughs) of crazy idea is that? See the real you. No, you be the real you with your friends. With your kids, you be a parent. And that means being the captain of the ship. And if you have ups and you have downs, you can't be all smiling. Hee-hee, woo, balloons and flowers and hell, let's have ice cream. And the next day is like dreary, kind of slamming doors and you're in a bad mood. I mean, the kids are going nuts. And you, you have to find a steady, yeah. medium, you know, more of a medium, like not high, not low. You can somehow maintain steady. And you might think, well, that's false. That's not the real me. What are you talking about? You're a parent. You're on stage all the time. Your job you're is to- All the time. That's the best example. Early in my practice, I had one client who uh, he couldn't stand his his wife. He was divorcing. And I got to tell you, I didn't pick up on it one bit. He played the role of an actor (laughs) very, very well. It was only and they had one child, one small child at the time. I didn't learn about his feelings for his ex-wife until after the divorce. And I really admire him because he kept it in to the point where he he did not disturb the process. He did not tarnish the child's eye uh, towards the mother. And uh, I really gave him kudos for that. I did not know you felt that way about her, but wow. And it's actually a smart strategy because if the other side is losing it, if they're practically throwing chairs and having emotional breakdowns, who do you think the child's going to gravitate to? You know, if you think well, but, but, but they're saying bad things about me. They're, 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 they're tearing my, my image with the children. And hardly, no, not really. Because if they're crazy about like that and you're steady, and I mean just steady, they're going to gravitate toward the one that they can stand to be around, which is a steady parent, mm-hmm. no matter yeah, what the other yeah. parents is about you. Mm-hmm. And the child just deserves a mom and a dad. The, life isn't 50-50. The world isn't 50-50. But wow, what a what a sense of relief it must be for one parent, even divorcing parents, for one parent to be stronger in one area and just acquiesce that maybe dad is stronger in another area. When parents can realize that and just use the best that the best in each other and recognize the best in each other, boy, what a what a wonderful child you're going to have. In my experience, I I know of a couple that divorced and the mother was a little bit nutty and unstable, but the father was just solid. And children, to my mind, I've seen them. They they grew up pretty well adjusted, but just one Mm -hmm. parent was pretty steady. And that seemed to be enough to anchor them to reality. And that very well may be the point. And it very well may be the point for a long, long time. But um, 
you know, it, it takes all kinds to make a world, though. So, uh, Andrea, I did have a question. Uh, again, departing just a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. but but still still staying on topic. Uh, then, um, okay. Oh, uh, the um, what happens when one parent uh, drops off the face of the earth? And so you've got you know, the divorce takes place, and then it, it happens rarely, I guess, in my experience. But every so often, one parent says, "Well, I've had it." You know, and, and this has been too painful. I'm not coming back. And they disappear. So have you ever had that happen? And then what do you do uh, for I your client? Some yeah. Who threaten to fall off the face of the earth. And uh, I just explained that, wow, when you decide to come back, this is going to be a bad T-shirt for you to wear. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to look like you abandoned your child and that is the type of hurt or feeling that that child is going to carry for a couple of decades so well, there's likely to be a cover story told by the remaining parent too and oh i'm sure Okay, I, I know I, I met a, I think I've told you this story before. I met a guy outside the courtroom and he said that, he said that if he, uh, if he met his adult daughter on the street, he wouldn't know who she was. He said the mother told her I was dead. Oh. And uh, so, but he didn't fight it. I mean, he didn't fight for it. He just, he was there on somebody else's case. He wasn't there on his own. And uh, so it, it, but I'd say it happens rarely, but it, it occasionally it does happen. I don't think I've ever had in any of my cases one that actually did that. Uh, I have had threats of it. Uh, but if you just leave, cut off communication, you allow others to tell your story. And it yeah. may not be the story that you want your child to know. Uh, but what can you do? You left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you sometimes, left. yeah, but okay. I've had, you know, the doorstep refusals, the, uh, the claim that the child doesn't want to see the parent and, you know, st stacking up a lot of stuff where there's a lot of problems and I don't know why Betsy doesn't want to see you. And, and until one parent would just say that, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back away. It's too much turmoil. I don't want to involve the child. It's just too much for now. And of course I get real concerned if that would happen because the other side's left to tell whatever cover story they want, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I don't know why your father doesn't love, you know, doesn't stay with you. I don't know, you know, and they don't admit their part in driving the person away. Yeah, They're just going to make it, they'll make it, the word abandoned will come up. They'll make it sound like, well, I don't know why he doesn't care about you. I, I wish he did, you know. So when Kevin, I have a question for you that, okay. now this taps back into your, your early, early experience. And, and I'll say Kevin used to do adoptions. It's so occasionally there's an adoption where there's a parent who has failed to take a reasonable degree of, of responsibility or concern or interest in a child, and therefore their parental rights are terminated. Mm -hmm. And so on the part of the, now the, the uh, it's a related adoption, and let's say the mother, the mother has moved on, remarried, so stepfather and mother are adopting, terminating dad's rights. In some sense, uh, right or wrong, and I've had a few of those cases, mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of erasing the biological dad yeah. from the child's life. 
-hmm. So that's the closest analogy I've had. That's, you know, I had a few of those cases where um, I was asked to come in and, and really they're, they're really just totally blanking the other parent out. Now, maybe the parent, the parent, uh, biological parent had some baggage. So he was a felon in, in prison for 13 years. And, you know, so what can you do with those facts of the case? But, uh, but yeah, there, there, there are those instances where uh, that happens. And uh, sometimes there's been a divorce and an adoption as the, as the parent then divorces the old and marries the new guy. So there's hey, but, been that, that kind of instance. Well, but a couple of things about that. Okay. Uh, they, and I'm usually on defense on contested adoption. So I always take okay. the side of this wronged parent who's been pushed away and ignored, you know, but oh, uh, you're still so, doing no, no. But if I, if someone walked in and wanted, you know, to fight an adopt an a hostile adoption, I, I would, I would do it. It's been, it's been a while, but uh, so the, the driving the parent away technique and then claiming that the parent has abandoned the child, you know, I've seen that two-step played out a lot, unfortunately. And you get sometimes in the case, there'll be an attorney appointed for the child called a GAL or child representative. We just covered that in our last episode, but that person might not get it. You know, here I'm trying to show them, look, all the effort made to drive this parent away. Well, no, they've abandoned their duties. They've abandoned the child. Um, and the other thing I mentioned, I was going to mention was what I call a soft adoption. And that is a name change after separation. So, for example, they, they, they go their separate ways. The one parent is not that active and involved, probably intending. It may be the intended result, but they, they kind of back away. And then let's say it's the mom finds Bruce and tries to make the family with Bruce. But Bruce's last name is Smith. And so then they do a name change of the child to Smith. And now there's a soft adoption because now it looked, no one would ever question that this child is Bruce's, right? It's the same name. Mom maybe even does a name change or whatever. All the, maybe she's now married to Bruce. But the idea is that the child then is brought into to this last name without all the messy paperwork of an adoption. And it kind of has the same effect if you've managed to drive the other parent away not recommending that that sounds evil but that sometimes happens uh my concern would be the age of the child you're talking about a younger child someone who's uh possibly four or five years old as opposed to someone who's 16 years old 15 16 years old and their whole identity is being erased that could be uh, during the teen years. <laughs> that could be pretty yeah. upsetting. Uh, who am I? Uh, <laughs> now you're well Smith. <laughs> yeah. Now you're Smith. Your last was... name. <laughs> That's why it's so important to to just uh, be able to be in a position to move on. This is a fluid life that we live. We're going to have some changes. Uh, if we haven't learned anything from the last. Uh, year, uh, we should all be aware of that. Now, there's a few things to be aware of, I think, some danger things when you're separated, moving, trying to move on, and the other side hovering around looking for trouble. Uh, you have to be aware that kids with cell phones can record. So if you're in the, and this goes back to my thing, be steady, be like the captain of the ship. Because mm -hmm. if you're a person prone to sort of lose it once in a while, I can't believe you can, ah, you know, and you're recorded, 
during that tirade, there won't be any context for it. And I've seen that in cases I've handled. They, only, they, they don't record the kids screaming, fighting, wrestling, maybe breaking furniture. But then when the parent erupts, then the recording starts from there. The, you know, and, or they just play that part. And it sounds like, you kids are wrong. And this parent sounds like a monster. And in the background, you can hear the kids sobbing. You know, and it's terrible. It's so biased and one-sided. But if you're of that kind of, if you like to lose it, and yell <laughs> it's not a good thing to do yeah. maybe maybe do it off by yourself go for a walk <laughs> because if you do it around kids who have cell phones they might be coached by the ex you know i had i heard of a case like that recently where it got to be an argument and the child was upset got in the room you know calls what do i do he, daddy's really angry at me record him <laughs> and they did oh, and they record what you know, a disservice go, to a child yeah. That if that is not involving the child in mom and dad's squabble, I, I just can't think of any other right. uh, so, examples. So I, so I, for our listeners, I just caution you that don't think you're not, you're private in your house these days. There is technology to record you and it's terrible. And think of the devastating effect if your child is coached into recording one of your tirades here, you know, and then that is used to pull the child out of the house and go with the other parent. That child's gonna carry scars from that. Wasn't there a celebrity who got caught calling his daughter? <laughs> Alex yes, Baldwin? Yes, yes. Yes, he, that, that, that call was, was very, very hard to listen to, yeah. but it was just one side. Imagine what the other side is. And like you said, Mr. Johnson, we have to keep the context of any of these tirades. Someone may have tried to set the house on fire. Oh, you're, you're probably not going to be pretty calm about that. No, so, that's where you hope that judges have the wherewithal to understand. There's got to be context. If it's just a parent yelling, I mean, maybe the child left the stove on, you know, and then went, went in the bathroom, left the stove on, didn't light the stove right. I mean, that could, you could talk about life or death situation. That's worthy of yelling. It's a big thing. But if you only heard the yelling without the context, a judge could think, well, this is a, this is a monster, you know. And of course, there are people waiting to say that. Some people in the world are yellers. I'm <laughs> one. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm a yeller. Well, now uh, the truth comes out. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> I just, just ask my son. Oh, I can get <laughs> But uh we're, we're all different. We're all different. We don't have the same reactions, but I believe it's very important what you said, Mr. Johnson. Context is key. Uh, and with respect to cell phones, I don't know if you guys have had this in your cases, but it's almost like we have to develop cell phone rules because if you have a child, that cell oh, phone yeah. is a part of their body. And yeah. What a way to discipline a child, but to take away the cell phone. And now you have that child not being, well, what I used to think, they didn't have their lifeline to Instagram, TikTok, all the rest of these things <laughs> out there. And all they need is Wi-Fi. So that's why moving on is so important for the parents to be able to communicate with each other is so important because dad takes the phone away. Mom buys a new one. What's the lesson to be learned at that point? So you raise a good point. The idea of taking a cell phone away as a punishment 
I have to say now I've come to question that whole thing because yes, you take the cell phone away and what they go over the other parent, parent will just get them another cell phone. And, mm-hmm. and then they'll say, well, that's my cell phone. You can't take it away. I gave it to the child. You have no right to touch that cell phone. And I mean, where do you, so what I've come up with uh, is if you need to tether the phone to the charger in the kitchen, treat it like a landline, say that you can use the phone, but only in the kitchen on the charger or, you know, that'd be the punishment. You know, they can't go off and be, be by themselves, but then they're not cut off from the phone, which seems like they cut out, cutting off their arm nowadays. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and it leaves the other side, less room to maneuver, less, you know, you haven't taken the phone away and you haven't, then they make the accusation. Well, but you're not letting my child communicate. Ah! You know, <laughs> And it takes that best argument away from the other side too. What an opportunity for the parties to communicate the old fashioned way, have a direct conversation with someone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you mean like if they can't use the phone, you mean? If they can't use the phone, I mean, they, and, and all a child needs is a Wi-Fi. They just need a Wi-Fi and then they could communicate with virtually anybody. So, um, wait, wait, are you speaking in favor of taking the phone away? I'm just raising the question of what do we do? Uh, we all know as parents that a cell phone is so important to a child. It's their lifeline. But when they misbehave and there are children that misbehave and they need to be disciplined, how do you discipline them? Can you take the phone away? What good is it if the other parent is going to just get them another one? What lesson to be learned at that point? If parents can communicate how they're going to discipline the child after the divorce, that's going to be very, very valuable for moving forward. Because the child most likely will. Now, I'd like to add a couple of things to that to that scenario. That is... Uh, so what if the child's misbehavior also involves the phone? Uh, in other words, where your your child, you, you get a call from school mm-hmm. and they say we, your child your child was bullying uh, another child and a text message or email, whatever, whatever it was. Right. Or uh, on the other hand, where... Um, uh, Maybe something a, inappropriate on the yes, phone. Yes, yes, exactly. That's the point I was going to... A questionable app on the phone. So, so I, I know of a case where there's a one parent has a strict lockdown. Certain apps are not allowed. And um, every restriction that you can come up with, someone is going to create an app to get around it. I had to take my son's cell phone away. He got around it by, I think he had a generic phone and he had an app that he downloaded and he was able to communicate through some kind of number. Right. I, I, I'm skeptical of, of print, like parental <laughs> blocking software. I'm kind of skeptical, too, because I think a lot of that stuff can be circumvented. Now, one thing, one note I had for this pot, I thought when the question of that restricting a cell phone comes up, one option is, too, you could, you know, invest in a landline old fashioned, but you could have a phone in your say kitchen and say, you, here, because then it also blunts the other side saying, she cut off all communications with the child. Well, look, here's a landline number you can call. But my best idea is think is use the cell phone tethered to the charger, say in the kitchen, and it doesn't leave the charger. That's it. And Barry, I don't know, you, you were going down the road of what if they're using the cell phone improperly, right? 
Right, right, right. I, yeah. I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, I guess maybe if it got extreme, you would have to take the cell phone away and get, you know, maybe they get a flip phone, you know. Yeah. Down, you know. yeah. <laughs> the ultimate. What they might call it, a, a dumb phone. So no yeah, smartphone, the, get a dumb phone. The ultimate indignity, having a flip phone they couldn't even show in public. But, <laughs> but uh, so in the final minutes here, I'm just trying to think if there's any other hints we could give our non-lawyer listeners that would help them navigate the world after a divorce, after a custody case. I did mention already, you know, try to avoid language in any court order that requires you to split expenses, you know, like half of the expenses. Each party will be responsible for half of the child's school expenses, half of these expenses, because of the possibility that one parent will pepper the other side with weekly emails. You owe me $14. I paid $28 for Girl Scout registration. You owe me $14. Next time, you haven't paid the $14. Now there's $6 more because of this. You know, they use it as an avenue to just harass the heck out of the other parent. We've all have seen it. Yes, yes. So yes. if you could have a fixed amount and just say, you know, I'm, I'm just just give them 20 bucks a month and, you know, whatever. Also, all payments to be electronic, Venmo, PayPal, even Zelle. But then you have a record. Never you hand out, a- never hand checks, paper checks or cash anymore. Checks, can, what are those? Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and cash, no, because also don't think that if you are on the hook to pay some money, say, for example, child support that you can give in-kind contributions. Well, I gave $50 worth of groceries. You know, there won't be any credit for materials other than money. They should know that. So about dating, I mean, I've said it in previous episodes that I believe in an invisible dating. Maybe, I don't know if that's a controversial thing, if everybody agrees. If you're going to start dating, then don't introduce them to the kids for a while. Why upset? Right. Well, for a while. I mean, I don't know how serious you think they have to be before they introduce Bruce to the kids. You know, let's say Velma starts dating Bruce and she thinks, well, Bruce has a couple of kids and they could play with my kids and it would just be one. That sounds good, but it, it doesn't work in real life sometimes. And what if Bruce turns out to be a flake and you only date him for three months mm-hmm. and now he's gone, his two kids are gone. And it's like, where's Bruce? Well, he won't be seeing us anymore. <laughs> it's like, but, but you know what? Ted is here. Ted? Yeah. And Ted walks out of the bathroom in his bathrobe, having spent the night. You know, it's like on and on. You know, like, do you want that parade of, of partners or dating in front of your kids? I try, try to avoid that, right? And these communications certainly can go to the other parent and how the other parent is going to receive it. Oh, she's trying to replace me. She has these children referring to Ted is dad. I'm your no. dad. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. we all, that can break very, very badly. Um, we went to the but, park with 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 uh, with uh, Daddy Ted. I'm your dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, well, here's here's my anecdote regarding that whole thing. Uh, true, 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 true case, true story. That uh, I had a case where opposing counsel uh, brought me the concern. My client, the wife, was seeing a guy and says, oh, you, you know, and, and uh, they had agreed they're not going to see other people. And so to my client, of course, I said, well, they're saying you're, you're seeing a guy. And she says, and, and she just, she just fluffed it up. Oh, well, he's got babes. <laughs> 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 so it, it just, 
the other side took umbrage at the idea that that his ex now would date somebody else. That right there was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just well, just finding. I, th- I think sometimes just trying to find a chink in the in the other side's armor, just trying to find a place where where their defenses are down. Mm-hmm. But but also be careful. I'd say to the to the unwary. Be careful! You're not guilty of the same thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you what do you think? Glass house. Let me tell you. Right. So, <laughs> but do you agree with me that maybe you should do do invisible dating or date on your off time? Kids are with the ex. You know, kids are over there now. Have your fun. Go on your date. Or do you think oh, they should at, see the kids and meet them as soon as possible? I don't know. Well, I mean, you definitely would want to make sure that this is a relationship that has some legs to it so that you don't have a stream of partners uh, being uh, trampled through the uh, eyes of the kids and And they go over and dad last week was Ted and this week is (laughs) it's it's Bruce and 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 next week, who is it going to be? Because, you know, what dad is going to do, he's going to. Who are these people coming, <laughs> coming before my child? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Who are all these and, people? I don't know these people, and he very well may have some concern. You know, uh, I uh, did listen to the podcast involving uh, Margie Nielsen, where she talked about you know ways of looking up whether or not a person has a criminal background. Oh, uh, very very helpful topic for me. Yeah. Uh, but you very well may have some of these issues. But uh, definitely making sure that the relationship have legs before you introduce them to the children, especially if they're young kids. And, you know, it yeah. seems crazy. As I mentioned earlier about the recording, the possibility that in your own home, you could be caught on tape, on video, um, either on video or just audio, screaming, hollering, acting crazy. I mean, I'm glad there's no recordings of me at times, you know, raising my kids. <laughs> but <clears throat> the other thing is, if you introduce an adult, into your house say a relationship and they say and 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 toby i'd like you to meet ted and ted walks over shake hands with toby okay now i've had it misconstrued he touched my son you know like that i mean touched the word touched was used and it was he shook hands actually that one was a was a boyfriend and a daughter but Mm -hmm. he shook hands and that blew up into touched my teenage daughter. And, you know, it, it ended up with mom temporarily losing the child. Yeah. And you, you can't be too careful. It's just be very careful. What's my house? I should be free to be myself. I moved on from that loser. I divorced him. Well, your kids are I'm sometimes called upon to tell what's going on in your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this the time where I would emphasize when I... I really believe that when you're with your children, the other parent doesn't exist. Don't allow discussion of the other side. Don't ask questions. But people always say, well, I don't ask. They just tell me. So I'm saying don't even accept it. Kind of change the subject, move along, and you'll be happier and more peaceful not Mm -hmm. hearing about life on the other side. Um, I think that should come with perhaps a couple of caveats. I certainly do not like to see in my case one child who has the perception that mom's house, don't talk about dad. Dad's house, don't talk about mom. Because this is one child with two different experiences and uh, they, they are integrated in that child. So to just not talk about dad, that's, 
wiping half of the child away. And we've seen that in cases where children are so involved and they know not to mention dad. Otherwise, mom is going to just go crazy. Uh, but uh, just being respectful <laughs> that there's a dad out there. Half a dad is in this child. And uh, it, it could be a challenge. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but accepting of it. And that's part of moving on after the divorce. <laughs> so I don't have anyone agree with me, Andrea. Don't feel bad. So when I say you know that maybe Barry does after hearing this so many times from me, but the idea that no discussion allowed about the other parent, it's counterintuitive. It's like, well, yeah, like, you know, that you got to show respect. You got to say nice, you know, you can say nice things about the other parent. It's like, it's easier to say nothing. And in a sense, they're not, they're not part of this household and not to say bad things, but just to change the subject and gently say, you know, we don't talk about that or, well, mom, you know what we did last weekend? What? You know, it would be like, then they're going to tell you what they did last weekend. And, and he had Brenda over that, that no good, whatever skank that you hate, you know, and then, you know, and then maybe the dog, you know, bit them or whatever. What is the skank? I'm sorry. You have to define that term for me. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) That's a legal term. Yeah. Legal term. (laughs) So, but you know, the idea that, you know, people are over there, people are doing things and the child's going to kind of tell you what happened and, you know, in a nice way, you're not really asking, but they're telling you and, and it's just going to lead to heartache and your hair falling out because you're going to hear things you don't like. Like dad was driving really fast and, and uh, he was yelling and, and he had a knife and it was just a kitchen knife and he was cutting, cutting up an apple, but he had a big (laughs) knife in the kitchen and the stories come back. And then you think, then you feel like, well, I'll call and say, are you being careful over there? Toby said you had a big knife, you know, and, and then you're throwing your child under the bus for their telling you and you can imagine now you need you know it's just scarring all over finally finally if i can tell it briefly a true story so i i was uh, representing a dad and his his soon-to-be ex-wife was they have four boys together four small boys but his his ex-wife put all kind of impediments and obstacles to him seeing the kids and limiting his time she overbooked them in activities. And so dad came to me one day with a, with a video. And basically the, what happened is that dad, dad was on a trip with his boys. One of the boys told dad something about mom. Dad pulls over to the side of the road. And he says, he starts his video on his phone running. He says, what did mom say? What did mom say about me? Yeah. And oh my God. <laughs> I said, well, I said, this video is really unusable, you know. The, yeah. the, the judge is not going to want to to hear, you know, you're interrogating your son and asking mm-hmm. these pointed questions to him. And the kids, you know, is, is you know, oh, my God. Well, Dan, <laughs> I, I think she said, and I think she told me, says, yeah. <laughs> I so think that, she told me that you're such a jerk. And, you know, <laughs> really involved in the child. <laughs> and, and, of course, the child has a real scared face in saying this stuff, too. Oh, that, uh, that, you know. oh, goodness, goodness, wow. goodness. I really appreciate the time you spent with us, Andrea. And uh, yeah. we'll, uh, okay, pause. If, if I can just give one word of advice to parents who have been divorced and communicating <laughs> with the other parents, do yourself a favor, deal with your former family yourself. Do not send a surrogate. Do not send your new girlfriend <laughs> who just went 
through several rounds of plastic surgery to have things lifted up and trimmed off. Don't send her to do what is your responsibility. You deliver the medical card. You do it. You don't send her to do it. Just have peace in your life and communicating with your family. They're going to resent it. So if you did not hear anything else I said, just remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. Well, Andrea, we're so glad that you could join us for today's podcast and for suggesting a topic that I think listeners are interested in, a source of never-ending discussion between attorneys, and there's no right answer. So it's the perfect thing. So we can all disagree. And I'm really happy to have this opportunity to explain why my way is better than everyone else's. And no. <laughs> so it's a, but so with that, we'll wrap this up. Uh, episode 29. I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. I'm attorney Barry Boykin. And I am the world's happiest divorce attorney, Andrea D. Wright. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.